If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this special edition episode of the Mind Pump. So a lot of people um, have problems with maintaining, I guess, their enthusiasm with their workouts. It gets kind of boring. Um, and that causes them to either A, have bad workouts where they're half-assing it, or they stop altogether. Part of the reason why people get bored is they don't get good results. But the other part of the reason is sometimes people get stuck in the same old, same old, right? Doing the same type of movements. And so in this episode, we talk all about how to maintain the fun that comes from the workouts. I mean, if you think about it this way, if you really enjoyed every workout and looked forward to it, do you think you would stop? Uh, probably not. Be much more motivated. And so it's an important and integral piece of long-term uh, fitness success. So in this episode, we talk about some of our strategies. Adam brings up how changing goals is very important, changing your focus. Uh, then we start touching on the different uh, components of human movement and performance, uh, things that you can focus on, everything from maximal strength to reactive type of performance, uh, stamina, explosive ability, um, how you train for those kinds of things. And um, naturally, we talk a lot about our MAPS performance program because that program does all of those things. It's the most dynamic uh, program that we offer. It, it trains you through all these different aspects. I mean, the goal with MAPS performance really was to sh change and sculpt a person's body so that it moved um, and performed in a full spectrum way. So think about that, right? Uh, full spectrum, that strength, the ability to change directions without injuring yourself, have the confidence to do that, the stamina and endurance to you know, exert yourself maximally over and over again um, without getting too tired or reducing your performance, the ability to explode. You know, A lot of your movement in everyday life, uh, especially the, the, the movements that you don't necessarily plan, have to be explosive when you're reaching for something real quick or you twist very quick or you have to jump up on a curb. That's explosive performance. So we talk about all those different things, and those are all uh, aspects of MAPS performance. And the side effect of training that way is you end up getting this body that looks like it could do that. So if you think about that for a second, think about a human being that is really good at lifting really heavy things, is really good at being able to change directions and maintain stability, is really good at being explosive. They can jump high. They can explode in, in different directions very quickly. And that same person has the ability to do all those things repeatedly without getting super fatigued. What do you think they're going to look like? They're going to look pretty damn awesome. They're going to have a very balanced, aesthetic-looking, performance-based uh, physique. And that's exactly what Math Performance is designed to do. And that program, we're all month long, it's 50% off. So we took the price of that program and we cut it in half, um, and that's it. Once you get it, you have it for life. We are revamping it soon. You'll get updated automatically, and if we ever update it again, you get updated automatically again for life for free. So here's what you do if you want to get the 50% off MAPS performance. Go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code GREEN50, G-R-E-E-N-5-0. Enter, enter that into the uh, when you do the sale and you'll get the 50% off. Also on that site, we have other uh, MAPS programs for different goals and for different types of people. So uh, go on there, check them out, find the one that works for you. But again, the one that's 50% off right now with the code GREEN50 is MAPS Performance. Here we go. Do you know what today is, Justin? Do you know what it is? Huh? You don't know because you don't have your mic on, do you? <laughs> Huh? That's what am I supposed That's to know? What it is yes, today. Today it's a is a special day, bro. To, no, today is when we we oh, we, is we pick a single it's topic, and we talk just about that. We've had a lot of people uh, give some great feedback on some of these shorter to the point episodes. I enjoy these. Uh, I yeah, no, these are great. I think, and they're also they seem to be the ones that people are sharing the most because it's. A, I think they the 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 real true fans that that appreciate the the banter and the locker room talk early on may not also think that their friends will appreciate as much as they do, so I think those are less shareable. Do you think they're embarrassed to share us? I think so. 
I think they're, really? ash- I think they're ashamed of us. I think we we're I like think that hot. Of wimps. We're like that hot dude with the neck tattoos no, I, that you want to have sex with, but then you don't <laughs> want to bring around your friends. Yeah, I think we have a like, yeah, kind of hang out. We with have him. a we have a tad bit, and I know this is obviously uh, complimenting my, ourselves by say, c- comparing us to Howard Stern, but we have that Howard Stern thing where we have a lot of people that listen and then we have like half the people admit it and then the other half I think listen and then don't admit it. You think so? It. Yeah, I do. Damn. I do think that. I, especially early on. I, I feel cool they though. don't admit like, it? You just said that. Now, now you said that, I kind of feel like cool. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes us cooler. Yeah, it's kind like, of spicy. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to show us to your parents. I mean, com- com- I mean yeah. it is a... We're not for everybody. <laughs> but we really are. Yeah. yeah for everybody. So, uh, topic. Sal, you brought up uh, a, a cool topic. Yeah, I think, I think we should talk about left calf training. Just get real Whoa. specific. With that's no, very kidding. specific. I'm just kidding. I mean, well, that sucks. Like it's like my right things. one. That sucks. Uh, yeah. So. yeah. No, you know, I, I wanted to talk about um, boring workouts. Because, How to spice them up? Well, yeah, yeah because I think you, you have fitness enthusiasts like us, right? And I just love lifting weights. I love training. I love lifting weights. It'll never get boring to me. It's something that is now has been a part of my life for a very, very long time. Yeah. I'll never stop. I just won't. I won't stop. It's like brushing my teeth in the morning. I do it. I love it. Even when I don't like it, I like it. But most people are not fitness enthusiasts. Most people, I, you know, want to th- be healthy. I you think. Know what I, mean? I, I think that. Well, so maybe I'm not a fitness enthusiast then because I I, I get bored and I definitely have have. Uh, fallen into the my. You do fitness enthusiastically, but you're not a fitness enthusiast. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Boom. So I I, I like this topic because <laughs> I have found myself in this you're space many times over the last 17 years, uh, where I'm highly motivated. I'm consistent. My food is dialed. My training is dialed, and then I have other times uh, where I'm not, and so. And I, I don't know. Maybe that's because. Uh, yeah, but I, you know what? Let's be fair, though. No, I know what you're saying, but let's be fair. What's the longest stint in the last 15 years that you didn't work out at all? Well, that one I just went through with my torn Achilles, probably six months. You did nothing at all. You did no correctional well, work. No. Well, no, no, you can't say that. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So yeah, yeah. I was doing some some work. But, but you was, go. It's kind of like an up and down, where more working out, less working out. Type yeah, thing. I mean, there's, I mean, there's an extreme difference in my training volume today compared to just two years. I mean, they're night and day difference. Yeah. So. Um, but but that's what it, it brings me to is that I have lots of passions. I have other things that I'm passionate about. And I think I can relate to most people when it comes to that. You, fitness is not my 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 first and only love. I have I have many other. In fact, I I have I'm I have more passion for sports and music, basketball, snowboarding. Those things uh, I have more of a passion for than I even do working out. Mm. Uh, working out is something that I found that made me better uh you can and, mold it and individualize it yeah, yeah you know and so i so i kind of fell in love with it but it's not my first love and i and i absolutely go through these moments of i'm kind of bored mm-hmm. and you know what do i do i'm i'm over this or i'm over what i'm doing currently right now and i have found some strategies that have worked really well for me and the number one strategy has been to actually change my goal I think sometimes we get so fixated on, you know, I want to look a certain way or I need to lose this 30 pounds or I'm too skinny. I want to add 20 pounds. It's always the same goal. Yeah, it's always the same goal. And you're just you're constantly kind of working at it. And every time you get closer, you move the line further. You know, I I remember that being the skinny guy trying to build. I used to say if I could just be 180 pounds. And then when that got, took me years to get there, it then became 200 pounds. And then when I hit 200, then it became two. So that shit never ends. And once you've done that for long enough, you start to piece it together that, okay, I got to find other things than just this one goal that is normally driven through our insecurities to keep me enjoying these workouts. And I find changing the, the goal or the adaptation that I'm chasing, I think has been a great, uh, a great thing for me to, to stay focused. And I just went through that after I went on this crazy goal of competing, you know, it was, it was a perfect time for me because we were riding performance around that maps performance around that time. I had been Mr. Aesthetic guy, you know, trained to look a certain way, look a certain way for almost four years straight. And I completely neglected mobility and, uh, you know, just functional training. 
And here we are writing this program that was geared around it. And that complete, I, then I switched my focus. Well, the irony is, again, for the average person who just wants to be fit and healthy, there, there needs to be an enjoyment factor with what they're doing. I mean, an, an easy example would be, you know, if I, if I if the ideal way to do cardio for someone was to wake up in the morning and swim in a lake at 4 a.m., and that was twice as effective as them going for a walk at night with their husband, which they love to do, which one's going to give them better results? The one that they're going to do, and the one that they're going to do is the one that they enjoy. And waking up at 4 a.m. to go swimming lake is not something that that person would want to do. So to that respect, doing what you enjoying what you do with your workouts makes a big difference because it makes it much more likely that you're going to not only do it consistently, but also do it, like I said earlier, uh, enthusiastically. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is most people work out because they want to change how they look. And they don't focus on really trying to change how they move and how they perform. And there's there's a mistake there. Now I don't I don't mean that it's a mistake to try and change how you look, but there's definitely a mistake to only always ever focus on changing how you look because at some point that'll drive you to do things that are not as fun, not as enjoyable, not as uh, healthy, not as healthy, and not as effective. Mm. Over time, you'll actually lose aesthetics. By only focusing on aesthetics, believe it or not. Now, when people focus on how they move, in order to improve your performance, your strength, your endurance, your stamina, your ability, your agility, in order to improve upon those things, you you kind of have to have decent health at least. Now, of course, you can go extreme where your health starts to suffer as well when you're an extreme athlete. But for the average person pushing those things, you know, if you want to get stronger, you want to get faster, you have more endurance, you have better mobility – Getting leaner helps that. Eating healthy helps that. A lot of things help that. And so the side effect of focusing on fun move workouts that are planned properly, by the way, it's not just fun for the sake of being fun because a lot of times people just throw a bunch of exercises together haphazardly and mm. it's just jumping over here, running over there and doing a bunch of why crazy stuff. Why do you stuff. think CrossFit got so popular? Exactly. It's exactly one of the reasons why it got popular. It's just, I mean, inevitably we created and constructed this gym that – um, we tried to eliminate a lot of risk factors. We tried to incorporate, uh, you know, women and, you know, make it more visible and inviting and less like creepy and like a weird environment. And it, it got to a point where <laughs> we reverted right back to like the meat and potatoes of what works, but had to make it like super extreme for people to pay attention to it. And so that was, that became sort of the new norm was like how crazy and hard can we make this experience? And it was like a badge of honor uh, instead of like, I'm in the, I'm, I'm going in there to improve on my looks aesthetics and this and that now it became all a hundred percent of like, how much shit can I do at once? And I've just, I've always seen this split of a mentality uh, in this industry where it's, it's frustrating because there's elements of both that are so um, Im- important. Um, on many levels, just to, for self-evaluation. Well, you know, when you're when you're going into a workout and you're going in there to improve upon an, an aspect of your performance and movement, the way you feel from that is is quite unique. Like when you're training in, in that type of a phase where you're like, okay, I'm going to the gym and today I'm focusing on, rather than saying I'm focusing on delts and biceps, you know, or whatever, I'm going in to focus on rotation uh, you know, uh, anterior stabilization and lateral strength. Like those are all movement patterns, right? Those are all planes of motion or whatever. So I'm going in to focus on these things. The way you feel from that is, is, is amazing. Now the side effect of that is a body that looks incredible as well. Like if you see, if you ever pay attention to somebody who trains in that way and you look at them, they are relatively lean and balanced looking. So they don't have overdeveloped body parts where, you know, you got guys that go to the gym and just bench press and do curls all day long. They have big pecs, big biceps, and they have this kind of out-of-balance-looking look. It's nothing like that. They look very balanced, very put together, um, relatively lean, healthy. But then you watch them move, and and, and they move very – it's a very fluid uh, yeah, There's a feeling. gracefulness to it. And it feels very good. And I think if you go into your workouts, if, you, if you're looking for something – and I've, I've sold this to clients so many different times. Like, look, instead of going to the gym to try and sculpt your body – 
Um, why don't you go to the gym and focus on movement and have fun with those movements? And let's focus on some complex exercises that are different from what you normally do. And of course, again, this doesn't mean you 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 just throw a bunch of shit at the wall, see what sticks. It sticks. You don't want to do a bunch of haphazard exercises. There's still a structure to it. But I would do this with clients that have them come in and let's say we went through an aesthetic phase. We went through traditional you know deadlifts and, and barbell rows and presses and curls and, and all the traditional exercises. And I've been training them for a long time. And I'll say, okay, now what we're going to do is I'm going to do some landmine rotational movements with you. And we're going to focus on improving your unilateral strength. So we're going to do one-legged movements. We're going to do one-arm movements. We're going to do lots of rotation. Uh, we're going we're to incorporate some stabilization. Um, if we get to the point where I think it's appropriate, I'm going to start working on agility with you. We're going to work on uh, maybe some forms of plyometric, which was rare because you need to be have a relatively good fitness level for that. But I would have clients that I would do that kind of stuff. And they would fucking show up to their workouts so excited because it was different. It was totally new. And, of course, when something's new, the body changes. Mm-hmm. And they'd end up getting really, really good results. And then the cool thing is I would see their, them break their strength plateaus all of a sudden. I think part of that is, of course, the different movements. But I also think the the other part of it is the enthusiasm that goes into doing those kinds of workouts. You know? Yeah, and I think, too, um, I'm not – and I, I definitely advocate – unconventional equipment a lot more you know than you guys uh, in terms of like usage but i know that you know there, there's there's like a, a meat and potatoes there's a hierarchy of movements even with something like that where i know that there's benefit for me um you know doing something with a mace bell mainly just focused on you know the the rotation of it with my shoulders or moving with it, you know, in a different plane that I'm not going to be able to um, easily mm-hmm. and, and fluidly create with a dumbbell, with a you know a barbell like this. A lot of times, it's I feel unique. yeah, I feel that like there's tool, there's the perfect tool for the perfect job, and and um, I'm always seeking that. And I think like, and it seems like it's a novel pursuit. Like I'm I'm trying to seek novelty and like add that in constantly, but but really, my whole process in, in training people and training myself was to find those those gems, those those perfect fits. Like it's those keys that you know. Okay, if if I'm looking to to improve a certain aspect of movement or certain strength pursuit, you know, this would really benefit that process. And yeah. you know, like I'm always looking for those things. And what what produces a, a you know muscle size and hypertrophy and you know there's there's those meat and potatoes those big rocks we talk about all the time uh, when when I'm muscular focused I'm I'm building and developing muscles but now how do I support those muscles how do I make sure that I don't have chronic aches and pains and I can actually now utilize the size and strength that um, you know I've built. So to, to be able to do that, you have to like think, how can I incorporate rotational movements? How can I get myself um, to apply this strength in different directions? Dude, there, there was a, a guy that used to work out at one of the gyms that I managed who, uh, older guy, who was in his 70s, looked phenomenal. I think I brought him up on the show before. And he did a lot of traditional resistance training exercises but he also every other day he'd come in and I used to watch this guy because I, he was so impressive and I was I was young I was probably 20 19 20 when this guy would would come to my gym and he just looked really again he looked amazing so it was like a he was like a god walking through the gym it's the cool thing about gyms is that the old fit people in the gym always get a lot of respect every time which I always found really cool but anyway every other day he would do these traditional resistance training workouts and then every other day he would come in and do these very non-traditional exercises. Uh, some of them look like yoga positions. Others look like these kind of complex dumbbell movements. He would do things like windmills. This is before I even knew what they were. Um, you know, you'd do like windmill movements, do these multi-planar type exercises. And of course, at the time, I had no idea, you know, what he was doing. I just thought he was doing a bunch of weird stuff, but I respected him. Of course, as I got older, I realized this guy really knew what the hell he was doing. And the reason why he looked so good and was able to move so good is he placed an emphasis on on movement, not just on on the aesthetic. Um, you know, what you were saying earlier, Adam, about changing the pursuit, I think we it might be a good idea for us to break down 
just generally break down the, the the what the spectrum of performance looks like. Like if we were to look at uh, a well-rounded athlete, if you were, uh, if you were, uh, or or a human, you know, performance. Like what are the aspects? What are the different different buckets that we can focus on within them? That if you got bored in one, you could kind of move the other one. I mean, we talk mm. we talk about maximal strength all the time, right? Right. So that's one, right? Being able to to generate maximum f- grinding mm. strength type force, and this is the kind of strength that quickly you see. stabilize and control. So let's go, let's get into that too. So so stabilize and control. Like, what do we mean by that? Like, we we know what we what we mean when we talk about. Most people know what we what we, t- what we mean when we say grinding strength, like just being able to lift something heavy. Mm-hmm. That's easy, but what do you mean by change by by what you just said? Stabilization, control, like what does that look like? So basically, being able to um, whatever if it's external forces, if it's self-imposed forces that propel my body in a certain direction, how do I now slow down that momentum and then change directions? And how do I shift and apply pressure? Um, enabled to react. And so a, a lot of this is like kind of lumped in with... Well, uh, give it an exercise and give an example. That's so, easy. It's easier for you to explain an exercise and what's happening in the exercise than yeah. it is that you use all these fancy words that nobody understands. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I would probably use like a, a, an ice skater as an example. Right. So if I'm just, I'm trying to like move left to right. That's right. as basic as it's going to get. Um, now I want to do that explosively. So I'm going to jump and go to the left. Now, what I have to do and I have to think about is how my foot is going to land, how my ankle is going to be able to support me when I land, decelerate. how I'm going to decelerate so my body's going to mm-hmm. squat into that just enough to propel me back. And now I have to use that momentum to launch myself to the other side and repeat that same exact process at a really high speed. People don't realize you need to train that. Like, you know, when we film our programs, I'm going to share this with the audience. We look for models to do our, our programs, and we'll have these models demonstrate the exercises. Because in the, the original renditions of our MAPS programs, it was either me, Justin, or Adam doing the demos. And we took ourselves out, and we wanted models to, you know, that look better than us to be in the programs. And so we go through this process of vetting people. And it's funny, we'll get these like super ripped looking yeah, they look great. bodybuilder they types. They can't move. Yeah. They can't oh. fucking do the movement. It's painful. Like a basic, you know, jump rotational exercise or something like that. And we watch them and we're like, whoa, they're strong, they're muscular, but they have none of that reactive strength. Mm-hmm. Now you may be listening, you may have experienced this. You may be a, a, a big, strong person who lifts weights. Then you go to the beach and you throw a Frisbee three, four, five times. And you're like, oh man, my elbow is sore. My shoulder mm-hmm. hurts. I just threw a Frisbee three or four times. Or maybe you were, you know, hanging out with your kids. When your kids trips, you, you quickly twist to pick them up and bah, you pull a rib or something like that. Even though you're fit and you go to the gym all the time. That's a skill that you can focus on training. So, and that's a fun skill to train. If you go to the, if you're, if you focus on strength all the time, and then, and you got like anything else, you want to start and progress yourself. And then you, you say to yourself, like, let's say you get bored, like what Adam was saying, like, you know, I'm kind of bored with my workouts. I know I'm going to focus on this reactive type strength, this ability to react to different things and move in different directions. That's a whole phase of training. Not only that, you're again, what I was saying about your, your goal has to change. Like it no longer becomes, uh, I'm trying to be really strong at doing this, or I want to do the most amount of reps. Like you want to perform the movement as as perfect as possible, and so that takes a lot of of mental discipline to change that focus. When you when we're taught to look at our weight going up strength wise, and oh, I'm doing a good job, or the scale moving a direction, or my body fat changing, all those things could actually stay the same, or potentially decrease, or go up or down, and, and not affect that, and vice versa. If you know what I mean. So you, I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess right now, Adam, that the most impactful thing that you've experienced in your fitness in the last I don't know 10 years and you tell me if I'm wrong and I know you would if, if, if you know I know you will say it if I am wrong but I'll say that the most impactful thing you've probably experienced was going from how your squats used to feel to how they feel now am I close yeah no it it would be a close call two of the m- most paradigm shattering things in the last decade for me has been one 
getting into competing and becoming hyper-focused on specifically chasing aesthetics and aesthetics only. Because before that, remember, I was the mix it up guy, do whatever. And I used to do all kinds of shit in my workout. So that was very paradigm shattering for me to see how much I could build and sculpt and change my physique when I was focused and tracking and and meticulous about everything I did. And then the next paradigm shattering moment for me was uh, really applying mobility and really addressing that and then to see the evolution of like movements like my it squat. forever changed your workouts yeah and and it not only did it change my workouts but i've i've suffered from kind of chronic low back pain um for a very long time uh partially because i have that anterior pelvic tilt already uh and i and i don't address it enough like i should and then i've also had a a major accident off off my atv years back and so I'm just sensitive in my low back. It doesn't take much. If I stand too long, like we were on Mark Bell's podcast, my low back starts to, to flare up. Since I start, And then I, I used to squat, and after a set, you would see me laying on the ground because my low back would just be on fire. It was just taking too much of the load when I was squatting, and my mechanics were terrible. Uh, that year or so of addressing mobility, not only was I able to take my squat from barely getting to 90 degrees to ass to grass, uh, but to be there comfortably and then to no longer have this low back pain was was incredible. And I had to focus on a, a new goal because I, I wasn't hitting PRs. You know, I'm not, the weight I'm squatting right now, and I'm, I'm very happy with where I'm at now. I'm hitting over three plates, ass to grass, and paused at the bottom coming up. I'm not hitting over 405 there, you know, because I can squat over 400. But to go that deep, that controlled, uh, and and pain free. I mean, yeah, no, that's a testament to to me focusing on the mobility. But that being said, too, I think it's important because right now I feel like we're we're hammering the how important it is to to do all the the functional training, the mobility to address uh, different planes. But there's a there's definitely a group of people that are listening right now that always train this way. Mm-hmm. And to those people, they probably need a strength cycle oh, or a totally. strength block. Totally. And and they need to focus on that. I mean, in my opinion, it's almost always the opposite of whatever it is you're doing because we all tend to gravitate towards what we like, what we're good at, what we enjoy doing. And so most anybody who's listening right now, it's it's the opposite of whatever you're doing because more than likely you've probably been doing it more than just a few weeks. You've probably been doing it for months, pot- potentially years and so whatever that's most like, so if you're the guy or girl who loves ice skaters and jumping on, you know, in different directions and stabilization and you do a lot of that cool balancing shit and one arm and one leg stuff and that's you, you probably need some strength in your life. You probably need some fucking bilateral movements, heavy ass load, low repetitions, long rest periods. And that's where you should be probably mo- they're moving both, your focus. They're both integral parts of human performance, I think is the point. And if you want to maximize your body's potential for movement and for performance, both of those are important. If you don't do one, you're not going to reach your potential. And it doesn't matter which one you're not doing. You have to do them all. Hmm. Uh, but then there's more, right? Like you you also want to have some explosive ability. I mean, the ability to explode and to generate force quickly is, an, is a very important human function. And I would even say in uh and in, in athletics more important than uh than than even the grinding strength. Although they both they, the grinding strength contributes to to the ability to explode. But the ability to explode has got to be one of the more important one of the more important things. Wouldn't you guys agree? Oh yeah. I mean it you visibly see how that translates uh to most movements uh in sports because it I mean sports in general are very explosive by nature, uh, because of how quick in, in the reaction and the speed of, of, you know, your joint actions, like you, you have to, um, you have to get your body to that level where it can, it can react and, and, and move on a dime. And so to, to be able to do that need, you need a lot of explosive type of strength. And so that has to be trained, um, and it doesn't just happen. So, well, skill. not only that, but I mean, that it's obvious, I think, with sports. But even if you're not an athlete and you and you actually are a strength person, you like to lift heavy, like 
man, learning to generate that force, you know, uh, that fast and that explosively will carry over into your strength cycles. Definitely. You know, learning, learning to harness all that power and right at the bottom of a rep, you know, to explode and mm-hmm. express that, that skill, boy, will that carry over into how heavy you can lift a single, a double, mm-hmm. or a triple in a bench press or a squat. So n- even if we're not talking about expressing it on a field or a basketball court, just over the the average person. Yeah, the av- I mean, the average person, and like I was going to try to get to that too, it's important for them to incorporate because most injuries usually are related to an explosive movement like throwing something or like reaching for something really quickly or falling and trying to brace yourself and not really understanding how to control uh, you, you know, your body as you're moving and accelerating at a, at, at a higher speed than you're normally doing. So um, to be able to incorporate, you know, aspects of that, even if I'm just generally trying to build muscle or look better, uh, is an important thing to consider. This is the one aspect of fitness, general, uh, you know, gym <laughs> fitness or whatever, that uh, trainers and people get wrong the most. I mean... Training for explosiveness is so uh, – I, I rarely ever see anybody doing it right. I agree. I, I, agree. I, re- I really yes. do. What what they end up doing is they end up taking these awesome explosive well, m- movements and they treat them like cardio. Well, remember, this is something that I, I think NASM did a really good job. Like this is, this is level seven. Right. Of the like the seven steps of how you should train somebody, which is typically it's a very year tip of the uh, pyramid. Yeah, you you should not be trying to express power if you've got no stabilization, no control, poor strength. Uh, yeah, poor strength. Like, and what what you catch people doing, and I think it's a good point time to address the point that you made the other day, Sal, that we didn't really answer the the pistol squat and the jump squat. Uh, question very well because and this is why because right away I couldn't help but envision the person who was probably asking the question is probably somebody middle aged a little deconditioned yeah. taking We're some trying to pump their brakes like, right, right away right yeah. and so and so I feel bad that we probably didn't address that well because if someone's like Google searching or searching the podcast for how to do pistol squat and they get in there they're gonna be fuck mind pumped they didn't answer this question <laughs> at all you know all they did was tell me not to do it which is terrible but the the truth of the matter is somebody who's struggling to do a a, a box squat like they, they have no business ex- trying to express that power yet because they haven't done the the prerequisites to get there and i think that's the box the thing jump. you got that's the, what would i say box squat oh There's yeah box jump thank yeah. you yeah so that that's the thing that you got to be careful about and what i see in gyms that drives me fucking crazy is trainers will take a box jump or take an ice skater or take a burpee or take mm-hmm. some sort of this explosive movement and they superset it mm-hmm. into bench press and bent over rows or a deadlift. And I'm like, I'm cringing while I watch it because you see this person who's already fatigued from the deadlift, the overhead press or whatever movement they're doing. And then they go to this very, very technical movement, like an explosive movement. And I see the, the knees caving in, the feet rolling, just or they're just fo- tired. Oh, they're, yeah, because they're exhausted. It's yeah. already technical and hard, and then you're fatiguing them uh, on an exercise before that, and then you're doing that, and it's all in the pursuit of burning more calories, which is just a it's a stupid way to do it. Yeah. You would be it would be much better off if you just had that person jog in place for ten seconds, because then you're at least not creating bad patterns and you're not risking injury by doing just having them jog yeah, in if place. If you want to improve your explosive uh, ability, which is awesome, uh, and you and you're already fit and you've got all those prerequisites, you want to practice explosive movement. Mm-hmm. And explosive movement is not aerobic; it's anaerobic, meaning you're not trying to do it under tons of fatigue because you're not able to. Think about it this way: think about trying to jump as hard as you can. Now think about being super exhausted and trying to jump as hard as you can. It's it's not the same power output. So you're not right. training. What's the quality of each one of those jumps if they're all in succession? Like yeah. see how quickly that you know that 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 goes down. Yeah, you're not training power. At that point, you're training stamina, which is fine if that's what you want to train. But there's better ways to train stamina. But if you want to train power, then you practice power. So yeah. in the in the example of a box jump. You have the box in front of you. You already fit. You've got good form already. You stand in front of it. You squat down and you jump up with good form as hard as you can, as explosively as you can. Land on the box. You step down and you wait. You wait until your heart rate comes down. 
till everything feels good, till you're able to generate maximum force again when you're ready. And this could take as little as 30 seconds. It could take someone as long as a minute or two minutes. You do it again. You go down, explode up as hard as you can, jump. So you're practicing power. You're practicing exploding explosive power. Now, the only program that we have that we actually train people on power is MAPS Performance. And if you go in MAPS Performance, if you already have the program, you'll see when you go and watch the videos and look at our demos and hear how we explain it, how we explain the program, uh, the exercises, that's exactly what we're teaching you. Because what we're trying to do is improve your power. We're not just trying to make you sweat and make you tired, in which case there's much, like Adam said, far better exercises. But power, when trained and when it's appropriate, um, it yields an amazing feeling. The ability to explode really makes you feel like you can do almost anything. I mean, if, you, if you're good with your stabilization and you've got decent strength and you can explode, man, you're, you're walking down the street and you want to take off real quick because you got to catch a bus or something, boom, you do it. If you want to reach, you got to grab your kid, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. and you're explosive, you do it. Part of the, the skill that comes with explosive power is your body's ability to generate maximum force and not get hurt. Mm-hmm. That's really what it's all about. One of the limiting factors to power, because your body kind of has these limiting governors, kind of like a, a, a speed governor on your car. Like, you, have, you ever, have you ever tried to take your car to a, a certain speed and then all of a sudden the engine kind of shuts mm-hmm. off a little bit because it's got that governor on it? Well, your body kind of has those as well. And it will uh, naturally prevent you from generating right. maximum force because it doesn't feel comfortable generating any more force. It feels that it, it's going to, the risk of injury is too right. high. Your cap's 75 miles an hour, where now you really start working on that, opening up those governors, and now all of a sudden, 100, 120 miles an hour is available. Well, isn't that what really under control? Isn't that what really separates us from most athletes? Is just that ability to stretch that governor. Isn't that really like most of them have this ability to. To reach its its well, they do studies, max max capacity, right? Yeah. Like they do studies on Olympic athletes, and they find that the average person can generate at will 70, 60 to seventy percent of their strength. Right, that's what I was. Whereas an about. Olympic lifter is closer to to ninety ninety five percent. So they have a lot of muscle and they are strong, but they also can maximize and generate all that force. Which is why when you look at them, they they don't sometimes they don't look that impressive. Like you look at this guy who's doing this. You know, overhead squat with like 300, 400 pounds, and you're like, dude, this guy doesn't. They're muscular, but he's like 180 yeah. pounds. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't look massively strong. The no. whole, I mean, that's crazy. No, they're able to, to really tap into that, and it's and, and it's because their body feels safe, it feels mm-hmm. stable, and it feels safe, and they've trained themselves. Yeah, this years, is years of training, movement, and years the of skill of it. Yeah, so many reps that the body like it feels comfortable. Uh, over and over, more and more comfortable where it allows that threshold to really go Dude, up. This is what happens when you read stories of uh, you know, moms lifting cars off their kids or people doing crazy shit and uh, feats of strength under extreme states of duress. Because one way you can overcome this governor is if it's extreme stress. Like it's a, you know, you're fighting off a lion. Your body is probably going to be like, well, you're going to hurt yourself. It's going to override. Yeah. You're going to hurt yourself. But I told you guys a story about my dad when he was a kid, Mm. he was like 17 or 18 years old and his sister got stuck and pinned under a car and he thought she got run over. He lifted the car off of her and and, and rolled it on its side and uh, ended up hurting himself. He couldn't go to work for a week because your your body will shut off its governors. It's kind of cool. But your body has those governors for a reason. It doesn't want you to hurt yourself. And so what explosive training allows you to do, part of what it allows you to do, is to learn how to explode and express that power safely. Then your body feels able to do it, and you can express it all. So you're really reaching this. You're able to tap into this potential that your body actually has, which is fucking cool. Like, imagine that right now. Imagine right now, if you're listening, that your maximum power output's 100, your body only lets you tap into 60, and then all of a sudden you teach your body to be able to get to 90. Now, when you move and do things, like, you're a super, you're superhuman compared to how you yeah, were before. A whole new landscape. Now, what do you, what do you think is the, the number one reason why people don't? I mean, let, let's, let's be honest. It's not, I don't even think it's the top three programs that we we sell oh, right? mass performance yeah mass performance challenging like it's it's do you it, think that's what it is you really I think, think it's just you, uh, it's unfamiliar i what i what, what i think it is is i think that and, and i still hear this right so if we and I, I get people that tell me that oh i try to get my friend to follow your program or this or that and they 
you know, and they don't want to because they're like, oh, I'm, you know, that's not for me. I'm doing this. This is for me. Like, I, I, we still separate ourselves as like, oh, I'm a bodybuilder guy. And so I follow all the bodybuilder type oh, of right. routines. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm a, you know, sports performance guy. So I follow all the sports performance sort stuff. Sort of have oh, an, identi- I'm an identity a, in something Yeah, else. I'm a mobility yeah. or flexibility guy. So all I do is do kind of the yoga type stuff. And so they, they, they we identify with these camps and then we're afraid to break out of it because we think that it's a different from my goals. This isn't what I, I'm looking to achieve. When in reality, they all carry over into each other and they, they all benefit each other. I think it's this, we have this, uh, I don't know if it's that we, we want to identify with a group mm-hmm. or, or fear of I, I, I not think, being good at it. Yeah, like, I think I think it's, it's different enough to where people are afraid. I think uh, some people think, oh... I want to just look amazing, and this is more of a a, a, a movement based, performance based program. So I'm going to get this other one over here. Mm-hmm. That's for changing how I look. Ironically, not realizing that, especially if you if you've been working out for a while, yes. that if you do a program like Mass Performance, you'll look better than you did before because it's so different. It's yeah. so different. Right. It's something you haven't done before. And then, as far as I mean, I know we're talking about boring workouts. Like the number one comment. Uh, I see from people who do maps performance is the workouts are fun as hell because they're different. You're yeah. doing a, using kettlebells and you're doing multiplanar movements. You're doing explosive movements. Landmine stuff. Land, you're not gonna do. You're not gonna see plyo type exercises or explosive movements in our other programs, but you will find that in mass performance because we're thinking of of athletics. Um, there's also a lot of people who like that, you know that that hit style. Uh, durability type training where they're training high intensity and they're going from exercise to exercise. That's also a mass performance. It's actually, it's actually the last phase. Yeah. That's that, you know, that, that we put that in there because our idea was to get an athlete to peak at the end of the program. Well, in, endurance is an, is another tool or another uh, attribute that you want to have as an, as an athlete. And because we don't think it's a high priority for a lot of the other programs where we're building strength or we're laying the foundation, but absolutely it's important if you're training for performance like or you want to be an athlete or right. even train like one, somewhere it needs to be in there, and that's where we felt it's best. Yeah, you want to maintain abilities and performance while you're performing. I mean, they like, like endurance, it just teaches you how to you're, – you're teaching your body to, to – with. You know, like be be composed while all this stress is is going on, and being able to keep yourself uh, going through that process. You know, I don't even like the word endurance because endurance for me paints the picture of like a long distance runner. Yes, right? it's mm-hmm. more stamina. Yeah, and stamina paints a better picture because the the type of the physical pursuit that is uh, aimed at with that last phase that we call what do we call it? strength durability? Uh-huh. I think we call it strength durability is more along the lines of what you would see a wrestler having or um, more like an athlete. Like you're not just running in one place. Long right, distance. right. Short, exer- short spurts. Longer yes. bouts of stress that, yeah. you're, that you're trying to just get through. Having a bigger gas tank. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you're building a gas tank. Yeah, like you want to be able to exert yourself maximally, take a short break, and do it again. And you want to be able to do that over and over and over again with very minimal reduction uh, in performance, and that's right. also that's also a skill. I mean, if you really think about it, um, I, ironically speaking, and of course, considering people are healthy, because you know, if, if people need correctional exercise and all that stuff, it's not the case. But if people are healthy, uh, a program like Mass Performance, because it's focused so much on movement, it's one of those ones I think you finish with and you feel the best. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you can move, you've got mobility, you've got stamina, strength. Oh, I think so. All those yeah. physical attributes. And it's cool because- And then jump back into a program where you're, you know, like a, you're lifting barbells and you're doing things that are like equally balanced again. Yeah. And man, it, it it's great because it, it you feel that sort of uh, control and that stability in the joints too that it provides. Yeah. I do think it's very important though, if you are working out for a long time, to change your goals. You have to. You can't possibly improve, continue to prove at the same well, goal anyway. I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, even if you're not following any of our, our MAPS programs, I, I don't think you should ever have the same specific goal as far as, or no, better yet, you shouldn't be a, attacking a specific goal the same way for longer than about four to six weeks max. Sure. I mean, even if, you're, even if you're, you have a goal of like a big goal, like losing 100 pounds, 
And so you're like, ah, you know, guys, it sounds all great. I don't really care to be like an athlete right now. I just want to lose these hundred pounds because I think this is important to explain this, right? Because if you're someone like this and you're listening and you're hearing us exp- express the importance of training and performance, and this this guy or girl that needs to lose a hundred pounds is listening, like, listen, I don't. I, that sounds all grand to train like an athlete and and to do all these performance things and increase my gas tank, and I just want to get these hundred pounds off, and then I'll go visit what you guys are talking about. Mm. I think it's important to address that person that okay, that's great. You you can have the same ultimate goal of losing this weight, but to pursue it the same way for an entire year. Uh, would be a huge mistake and a mistake that I see made a lot in the gym is you have this goal, whether that be losing 100 pounds, being a bodybuilder, you know, being the yoga master, whatever it is. And your approach to it is is so myopically focused that you live in this same modality of training week in, week out, week in, week out, because you have been told or you've read or you've heard that this is the best approach to do whatever your goal Dude, is. I, it's like it's. I did that for a long time. I, I thought you had the same exact experience, Adam. Where I read that there was a rep range that built muscle. Yeah, that's the rep range I always did <laughs> okay, all that. the fucking time. And guess what happened when I moved outside that rep range? I built more muscle because I was so stuck in one. And that's one factor. I'm talking about a rep range. Right. I'm not even talking about changing exercises and focuses and goals and working on mobility versus working on strength versus working on power and speed and all that stuff. I'm talking about just a rep range. I went from always being five reps to going up to 12 to 15 reps and boom, muscle came on my body all of a sudden. Well, I know a lot of times we talk about, you know, (laughs) muscle and looking good and all these types of things. But like to to your point of like somebody that's trying to lose weight and trying to live a better life, like the – a program like this or just like when we started to talk about functional strength like like what does that even mean well having abilities like ha- being able to do things and move uh certain joints of your body pick things up you know rotate uh your arm be able to you know get in certain you know spaces like like, like play with your kids and not not feel like uh you don't have the ability to even play with your kids hold them over your head uh all these things you need to express uh, what your joints are supposed to do. And, you know, something like this will help uh, if you add resistance to that after building up, you know, uh, the prerequisite to that and then building the foundation of strength. We really need to keep, you know, that pattern of moving your body in a certain way where your joints are getting that stimulus mm-hmm. in order for you to to be able to maintain a healthy lifestyle and not not uh, be prone to to overuse patterns where it, it ends up in injury. Well, that 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 geez, that functional training that really got messed up there for a little while, didn't it? Where yeah. all of a sudden it meant you know standing it just meant up. juggling shit and and jumping crazy. Yeah, no, 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 no. Real functional training just maximizes your body's uh, potential for movement. That's it. Yeah. If you can maximize your body's potential for movement. Uh, in a way that um, you can actually feel and express, then you've improved your your functionality. And that's what exercise should do. And at some point, if you just do the same thing over and over again, you hit a wall. Even if you get stronger, even if you build more muscle, you start to hit a wall. And if you don't believe me, if you ever go watch a pro bodybuilder move around, you got a guy with a lot of muscle on his body and he's lost a lot of function. Uh, as a result of, uh, of of that extreme type of training, I think you have to really you have to really change your mindset too going into it. I mean, I, at least personally, I have like all these times that I have really switched up how I'm going to be training. I had to let go of a lot of things that I was attached to, and I think that's where we 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 struggle the most with. Is I mean, so I went on a kick too with the deadlifting thing for you. I had never applied myself to really build my strength. And deadlifting, it's been intermittently thrown into my routine forever, just like squatting has been intermittently thrown in there. But never have I ran like a strength-based program to improve those specific lifts. And I had to let go of all the bodybuilding sculpting type things that I love to do and the cable exercises and chasing the pumps and stuff that I was doing for four years consistently that built this aesthetic physique. And so I think when you, you change the focus, you have to also have this this mental discipline of it's okay it, those things will come back so much faster you know it's not like 
it's it's okay that you don't see you're 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 now that you're doing this you know landmine lunge with a press over your head and you were just lunging maybe before with 135 or 200 pounds on your back and now you can barely do this landmine lunge to a press over your head with more than 25 or 30 pounds you can't let that fuck you up you can't allow that to go well, this sucks because I suck at this. Instead, you have to flip that on its head like, whoa, I'm so weak. I'm or, learning something. I'm so weak here. This is so challenging. The Now the, the ability for me to progress here is so great. And that's when the, the results and the, all the benefits will really start to kick in. It's not the, oh, attempting it every once in a while or doing what I was doing, which was intermittently throwing these movements in, but actually following a program or following something that you're consistently working towards that and allowing yourself some time to adapt and get better and then get stronger and then see those results yeah. that you were driving towards so hard the other way. What's cool is that, you know, we have the MAPS performance uh, promotion going on right now, right? So that's the that's the program that kind of does all the things that we're talking about, but um, but it's 50% off. So we made MAPS performance 50% off and we redid the whole program where with new models, new demos, um, the blueprints are easy to use, uh, easy to read. If you already have mass performance, you get updated automatically. In fact, that's what we do with all our programs. Any program that you enroll in, uh, if we ever redo it to make it look better or easier to use, you automatically get updated. We never charge anybody a second time for that. It's always you get it once and you keep it for life. Uh, but right now, it's half off. It's 50% off. You got to go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code GREEN50, G-R-E-E-N-5-0. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now, plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>